0: week's uh, uh, Lunch and Learn and and this week I've got a special guest, uh, Hussein, who's going to be joining us for uh, sharing actually his expertise uh, from the perspective of customer experience. But actually we want to change a little bit to see how can we shape the new possible through employee experiences. And that's a basic and different topic. we're going to do a live session. We are doing a live session. So some people already joined. We're not sure uh, how many people will join moving forward. But what we want to do for this session is to have basically an open discussion uh, for the people who know DNA uh, DNA is actually a co-creative network. What we do as a, as a, as an organization as a community is we bring people together to brainstorm on specific business like topics, everyday topics. We as executives, senior leaders within organizations are struggling with. The idea uh, behind the the, the DNA portal is that we um, basically look at how can we help co-create the future and not from a statistical uh, stuff. Look, we can all go to all those online tools and we can check them and we'll go to, 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 for instance, uh, Forbes or whatever. We get all those beautiful statistics. But statistics is one thing. Real life is something different. So. Um, As we are adding a a few people who are joining, uh, welcome all for joining. Um, We really want to take a look at what it means to reshape the future um, and the new possible through employee experience. But before we start, I want to do a bit of an introduction uh, of the people who are currently joining and especially Hussein, because Hussein is our lead master, the science master behind all of this. Hussein, maybe a short introduction.
1: Thanks a lot, Raheem. Uh, yes, it's a pleasure to be with you for the second time. Uh, DNA is an awesome community, uh, like-minded people who are really looking at pushing the CX uh, bar uh, worldwide. So, I'm I'm currently the channel manager of digital and customer experience transformation for Nissan Motor Corporation in Africa, Middle East, India, Turkey, and Oceania. I'm based out of Dubai and. Uh, I get to engage with a lot of colleagues, uh, be it in the AMEO region or the wider region, which I report to, which is AMEO, which, is, which includes Europe, uh, or again, looking at uh, Nissan Motor Corporation globally uh, in Yokohama and uh, London. So, uh, so basically, we're very much a large network um, and uh, so many different cultures, so many different traditions, so many different behaviors, which makes it quite interesting. So when we take a look at customer experience, it varies a lot. And when I talk about customer experience, I want people to, be, to, to really pay attention to that because when we refer to customers, we are referring not only to the end consumer who's buying the products and services, but we're also looking at the employees. And when we talk about employees, there's layers of employees. You're talking about the leadership level, and then you're talking about the operational level. And that's extremely important. So whether we like it or not, they are customers. And whether we like it or not, and that's where it's extremely important, it transcends beyond customer experience into something we refer to as human experience. Because at the end of the day, this customer is a human being. This customer has got feelings. This customer has got opinions. This customer has the customer has got behaviors.
0: I love it, love it. Um- what, I, what is really important to, 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 to catch is that if you look at uh, what was happening at the end of last year, we saw a big resignation happening. People are not happy. Uh, They're not happy with what's happening uh, in their lives. And this is not predominantly linked to your day-to-day work um, and the fact that you have to go back to the office or have a hybrid work environment, etc., etc. But it's actually looking at the whole. Uh, uh, yesterday, I posted in a, in, um, a post after doing uh, one of my lectures at the Power MBA. And that's about finding your Ikigai. uh, And that looks at what you love, um, what the world needs, what are you being paid for, and what are you good at. A lot of people currently are rethinking what that actually means. And it's quite interesting that Ikigai actually looks at your personal development, but if you take it a bit broader, um, this has a direct link to organizations and we tend to forget that we as leaders tend to focus on the KPIs, the OKRs, whatever, and we are trying to help our people be more successful by coaching them, training them, etc. But from a coaching perspective and from a mentoring perspective, people cannot commit to an organization if they are not committing to what life actually means for them. And I think that's a really important one because Hussein knows uh, we made a life-changing uh, decision a few years ago just to stop working in the corporate world, start our own business, move to an, a different country where we didn't know anyone. But we did that because we found out that we were not whole, not, 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 not strong into what do we actually wanted to leave behind? What is our legacy? And I think that's a, a really important part when you're talking about humanizing leadership humanizing people experience humanizing the people themselves what's your take on that one
1: that's an extremely uh interesting view um and, and you see rahim it all boils down into the purpose people buy into purpose so if the pandemic created anything uh, you, you know usually in your career they tell you after working for 10 15 years take some time off Take some time off because it will start giving you a 360 view as to what you've accomplished, what are you currently doing, how have you changed as a human being, and what would you like to do next? So, what the pandemic has done, people sitting at home, people having a lot of time to think, that 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 year of, of pandemic and and, and quarantine um, gave it a completely different perspective to people. You see. The pandemic uh, got people to start thinking that they are getting closer to death. When you're starting to feel you're getting closer to death, you feel you wanna, uh, uh, you know, take advantage of everything in life to the max. You wanna be able to feel alive. You wanna be, be able to enjoy life, um, and and that this is how it changed their biggest perception. So people not necessarily resigned because of organizations, but people. Resigned because their mindset has changed, their priorities have changed, and and they started looking for a different purpose than the purpose that their current organizations are offering.
0: Yeah, I fu- I, fu- I fully agree. Fully agree. Now we have some guests also in uh, in in the in the call today, uh, and I'm going to involve you guys because we are a co-creative network, so we like to co-create, but we also like to hear your your visions on on, on this topic. Uh, Mohammed, uh, is this something uh, that resonates with you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, when you start your career, uh, or when you're in a mid phase of your career, uh, there, there, there will be very, uh, you know, you will, you will transform into a newbie to a, a, a very, you know, experienced professional. I would just put it in that way. So there will be a various factors that will be coming into your life. Uh, like first, you will be in a lot of enthusiasm, you will be you'll not be so calm, you will be uh, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say right? Uh, that that level of enthusiasm is at at a high level. it's it's very high. Uh, but when it comes to like once you are done with five, six years of experience, then you will be a lot calmer and you think right. I mean, you take your decisions in a, such a way that it is like uh, you consider a lot of factors in there. And there is also a personal life there, right? So a lot of things will happen in your personal life as well. So to handle, to balance all these things, it it matters a lot, firstly. And for an employee, from the employee perspective, uh, 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 an institution should actually work on uh, both the things, uh, like for example, the personal stuff, the professional stuff. So I would say the employee experience matters uh, and the balance uh, in in the personal life as well as the professional life will also matter. So, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Thanks for your contribution. So uh, I was thinking that if we look at um, the last few years, we've been hyping digital experience, and Hussein has been at the forefront of digital experience. What you did at uh, Nissan Motors. Um, if I look at digital experience and I see all those articles, AI and all that cool stuff we're we're building and we're developing into the markets. One thing is something we tend to forget. With without people, we don't have any AI. Without people, we don't have any machine learning. And it comes back to the topic shaping the new possible through employee experiences. Uh, And I think it's not only how do we go back to work? What is hybrid life? Do we want that or not? but it goes a lot deeper, a lot deeper, and we talked about that last week, Hussein. So
1: Absolutely. Maybe we can talk a bit about- so I'll tell you one thing: organizations are going crazy. They want to go through digital transformation. They want to apply that tool. They want to apply that system, and so on and so forth. Let's let's take a step back, and you being an employee of a company. Uh, Your senior leadership team is talking all the time about digital transformation and all of that. And you guys are running like crazy trying to implement systems. But then uh, guess what? You need to access your payslip from the company's portal. And (laughs) it's anything but digital transformation. You got to go through multiple layers of systems, usernames and passwords, trying to access this. No, you don't have permission to access that. And this is where you start taking a pause and saying, wait a second, before I go and start implementing digital transformation that benefits end consumers, what about we start with digital transformation that benefits employees? What about we start with that? So what about we start with the transformation internally within the organization before we start going and doing the transformation outside? And this is where it's extremely key. I've seen this in multiple organizations, unbelievable, that that they they treat the transformation outside before looking at the transformation inside. I have a friend of mine who works in a company. I don't want to mention the name of the company, but uh, that specific individual gets emails uh, in a language other than English. And uh, what he has to do is actually copy the content inside the email put it inside google translate um, to be able to to read it in english so he replies back to the email in english and he gets a reply in the different language now just come and think about it for a second how much time is that employee wasting per day copying pasting and then uh, pasting back so This is what's key. Before the biggest obsession of organization in undergoing digital transformation, they need to take a pause. Number one, start looking at their HR processes internally. Number two, start looking at their employee induction, employee onboarding, employee uh, exiting strategies, and enhance all of those. And that includes finance as well. So finance, operations, insurance, so on and so forth, prior to looking at, uh, how do they start fixing things uh, externally? And that's extremely key. Yeah,
0: I think I think you're, you're hitting something really important, but um, it's difficult for organizations. Uh, there, there are two levels here. If you're talking about the HR part, I had a conversation months ago um, and um, this guy is an amazing leader. He's really an amazing leader. But then he told me, Rahim, I'm not going to invest in, uh, uh, in in a solution. There was a specific solution. I'm not going to talk about that because the price is too high. Yeah, it all related to onboarding of people, etc. it's actually quite funny that you're telling me. So your turnover currently is about 30, 40% of your people. This was more a customer service contact center organization. So the turnover is high. People come in for a year. They learn they leave as uh, often a study job uh, when you're uh, in a university. So you have a high turnover. I said, okay, so if you're not investing in a tool for onboarding, what is the cost of a new hire? Getting them up to speed, finding them, hiring them, retaining them, making them happy, et cetera, et cetera. And then they leave. You're investing them through training. What's the cost of that? If you have 40% turnover, what is the amount you have to invest? If you could get that down with 5%, 3%. 2%, 1% 2%, 1% and we kept going down and he started calculating the numbers. It was a no brainer. The investment was a no brainer for that organization.
1: First. Uh, but of course, it is different. this is the biggest problem. When you come and you want to link it to financials. Yeah. It's a loss. It's a big loss. That's the thing. But they're not thinking about it in that way because the HR KPIs and the HR processes are not linked to uh, business revenue. But when you start linking it to business revenue, this is where you start making perfect sense. Hiring recruitment agencies, giving them that percentage because they found for you the hire, the amount of time the people who are doing the interviews are wasting. You see, they only look at it as time. But when you come and calculate the time of those people who are doing the interviews, imagine how much losses the company is incurring.
0: I think the discussion is, is, is HR a cost center or is it a profit center? Very good point. <laughs> Very good I think point. that's an essential one, that's an essential one. Then another thing I want to put forward because, um, we have been focused on customer experience. You and I are both customer experience guys. I've done it for five years as director customer experience for a, a data company. Um, you have been doing it also for ages. You're the master in customer experience. If you now look at priorities, companies are starting to onboard custom experience. It's going to be one of the most important things they're doing companies who were behind two or three years ago, who said, we are focused on custom experience, which was no more than, uh, getting a customer service agent or one extra, uh, <laughs> effectively, but they're all focused on custom experience. Now with the big resignation, people struggling, finding their Ikigai, finding their new missions, the purposes, etc. cetera. Um, we get a new dynamic which is employee experience. Now there is a caveat in there because employee experience and customer experience are correlated and related. But they're also and, and let's say an um uh a contrary of each other. Because if you focus fully on employee experience, of course customer experience will come. But if you really focus on employee experience it can also hurt your customer experience.
1: I have to disagree about that. For me, start with the employee and and you will see the revenues that the, that the organization will get. And, and there are many examples of organizations out there. If you take a look at Starbucks, why is it when you walk inside Starbucks, you feel happy? Why is it when you walk inside Starbucks and talk to any of their champions over there, feel happy because the culture is extremely important because the employee experience they have over there is super important because the onboarding that happens over there is super important. And you're talking again, Starbucks, no offense to Starbucks, but you're not talking about the, the, the top of the, the, the best of the best coffee out there in the world. No offense, Starbucks, but you're talking about a coffee at the end of the day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they make you feel as if you're buying the best of the best coffee that's out there. And that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes you keep going. That's what makes you wake up every morning. Where's my Starbucks cup?
0: Yeah, so. so I agree with that one, but I want to turn the bit around because what I mean with this one actually is if you look at the front end of the labor shortage, we are we are not able to find the right people, retain them and keep them in. So yeah. if you look from that perspective, yeah, uh, there's a coalition happening. And those are two trains who are uh, uh, going in the same direction, but someone, uh, forgot to change the, uh, the direction of one of the trains. So they're on one line and they're heading towards each other. We cannot find the people, we cannot retain them. We cannot make them happy. We're struggling. It's a continuous process. It's costing us a lot of money. And at a certain point we are heading towards a collision, how that, those implications are high, really high. And it's getting worse Uh, uh, in Europe, especially we see there's a lot of job openings. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that they are uh, currently offering amounts which are ridiculous to people to get them in. So uh, effectively the cost gets higher, but we are on the collision course. If we don't have the right people, if we don't have the right purpose of the organization to get the, get those people in, we're going to collide because we cannot service our customers anymore. We can absolutely.
1: In uh, that in, the, in, in that perspective, I completely agree with you. Yes. See, it's all that's That's absolutely key. That's extremely important. Again, look, when we talk about customer experience, we talk about voice of the customer, yeah? yeah? When we talk about employee experience, we talk about voice of the employees. It's about matching those two things together. It's about the same importance you're giving to the voice of the customer to give the same thing as an importance for the voice of the employees. Because it's a vicious cycle, yeah? When you're not listening to the voice of the employees, this ends up with you doing the wrong hire. This ends up with you doing the wrong onboarding. This ends up eventually with you putting the wrong culture in place, which would eventually end up harming your customer experience and your voice of the customer it keeps, keeps getting you know, ne- further negative.
0: Yeah. Well, this is all related Also, the voice of the employee is all related to the changing dynamics. Uh, people are changing mindsets, changing the way they think and do. Um, I'm not sure because I'm not anymore in the corporate world. I'm, I'm, I'm a coach. I, I help organizations. But um, what is your view on, do you feel that enough organizations are actually listening and, and gathering that information to redefine and reshape the future experience of team members?
1: Unicorns are. Um, all dinosaurs are not. And I call them dinosaurs because they've become quite big. And they've become quite rigid, and they've become quite hard to, to move and to shake. But, but I want to go back and tell you, um, just, just go to a simple Google and type Voice of the Employee Post-COVID. And I'll tell you what, we were talking about this at the beginning of, the, of this session. What um, COVID did, the era of COVID, um, it made people, after after that quarantine period ended, it made people re-look back at how did their organization help them during that period. Did they express empathy with them or not? And it starts with the simple things, yeah? Did they provide me with, you know, a desk at home? Did they provide me with a chair at home? Did they pay for my internet connection? Did they contribute to my, uh, 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 you know, uh, additional use of electricity at home because I'm sitting and working from home, yeah? Did they give me any mental uh, mental, mental health sessions to manage my, my sanity? Did they give me a holiday or not? Like for instance, I heard from a friend of mine, LinkedIn took all their employees out on a paid uh, 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 staycation for them and their families. Because they care about their employees, obviously. So so again, employees started re-looking at how their companies expressed empathy and compassion with them, and they evaluated them based on that. Again, when we talk about purpose, they started re-looking at whether the overall organization purpose aligns with their internal purpose for their employees.
0: Yeah, strong, strong. So... Let's take it towards a little bit of time. So we have time we, we, we can continue a bit longer. Um, if you look at leadership itself, and that's my, my, my biggest um, focus uh, in, in the last, let's say two or three years. Um, we have evolved and there's so much information out there to make us better leaders. Uh, um, but do we. The question i would i would put forward and i actually know the answer is to which extent do uh, you feel that leaders are educated or re-educated or retrained to actually lead people in the new dynamic
1: i love this question so um throughout my 20 years career in the gulf i've worked with different kinds of leaders those that i uh, miss like crazy, those that I've learned a lot from, those that I don't want to encounter anymore in my life, and I hope I don't encounter, um, but really, you get to see different leaders. Um, uh, Rahim, it is public out there, uh, this information. Uh, this is actually my last month with Nissan Motor Corporation. After five years, I've decided to, um, to pursue uh, my career elsewhere. Um Nissan has been my home for the last five years, a brand that I and a company that I absolutely love. Um, uh, and and I, w- I will be very honest with you: the saddest thing about me leaving Nissan is um uh, not having worked more with the current chairman for the MEO region, a gentleman called uh, Guillaume Cartier. Uh, whoever does not know this gentleman, do Google him. Uh, he's an exemplary leader and uh, someone that uh, I haven't seen a similar leader in a long time. So for me, it was a breath of fresh air. The challenge is uh, is, is that when the top leader uh, has got the right attitude, the right vision, the right understanding, uh, is everybody under that leader following the same view or not? This is where it becomes a challenge. Because as you know, One hand doesn't clap on its own. You need everybody to be clapping together so that you can get the best clap. So uh, it depends, yeah? Uh, You you might have a senior leadership that are completely aligned and completely aware of the importance of culture in an organization and employee experience and all of that. Uh, But that does not mean necessarily that everybody in the senior leadership And change takes time to happen. Change doesn't happen overnight. And this is where it is, it is it is the power of communication internally in the organization that plays a very big role. Another thing which is extremely important, the the process embodied within the organization to ensure transparency as in, to ensure that employees can freely, without being scared of voicing out their opinion on any portal or anything of that sort. Just being completely and vocal about, about it. And, and and uh I'm hearing and my and echo. <laughs> just being completely and transparent and about it. I'm uh, hearing my echo. <laughs> and just being completely transparent about it. Hello.
2: Hello. Yes, right? we can hear you, Hussein. Yeah? Oh, okay. I think, I
1: think it's true issue from Raheem. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, what I'm about to say is, is uh, it's extremely important, yeah, to give employees, be it a hotline, be it a portal, uh, so where you can voice out, be it anonymously or be it in, uh, by using your 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 name, where you get to choose which one you wanna do, and you you voice out your opinion, and to make sure that senior management are getting those feedback. So it just happened that yesterday. I was having coffee with uh, someone that I knew from a long time ago. And uh, uh, I was asking her about what happened. Why did she leave her previous organization? So she was telling me about the challenges she, she faced. But the most in- interesting part and in what she was saying is in her exit interview, she had filled out why she was leaving. And when she sat down with the, with the HR team, so they told her, so you resigned because you are moving to Canada. And she said, no, that's not quite true. I resigned for all those reasons. And we said, no, 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 you resigned because you're moving to Canada. And she said, you're not listening to me. I did not resign because I'm leaving to Canada. I resigned for the following reason. And they said, listen, uh, let's just agree that uh, you resigned uh, uh, because you're leaving to Canada and please sign on this paper so that we release your payments. That actually happened. Now, now, this all boils down into, again, our senior leadership knowing about what's happening in that organization
3: I'm, or not? I am still in.
1: So, so, so this is where, again, it's about the culture in the organization. And that organization, just for you to know, is going and shouting out loud digital transformation, customer experience transformation, so on and so forth. So they are yelling out loud about all, all of those. But then again, they're not looking at internally in their organization what's happening. Raheem, brother, you're back. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, uh, I had a massive crash uh, on my laptop. Uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, it uh, is something I didn't expect.
1: No mm-hmm. worries. No worries. I kept going, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> I would expect you to. I would expect you to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but, but, but Rahim, again, this is a very, very, this topic that we're talking about is a very hot topic. And this topic is going to grow even more. I will tell you a very simple example, yeah? If, unfortunately, we take a look now at what's happening in uh, Russia and Ukraine, <clears throat> situation is quite hot over there. Uh, this is where, believe it or not, people are actually looking at, how are organizations treating their employees in those two countries? How are they managing it? Sure. Because if COVID, us, if COVID taught us anything, COVID mm-hmm. taught that organizations should, moving forward, start putting crisis management plans in place. Because COVID has, has put a new thing in place called crisis management and that crisis management is no longer about when somebody goes to social media and complains about a company or about a product. It's far more beyond and bigger than that. You're talking here about a career of people. You're talking here about cost of living for people. You're talking here about so many things. And this is where, com- uh, just like uh, customers uh, come and have an opinion about organizations, now it's going to become bigger where employees have uh, opinions about organization, and, and are going to start judging them about that.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Well, I think uh, it's actually a good example if you look uh, and see what's happening in, in Ukraine. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into the pol- political space, but if I look back at what I've been following, and I've been following it really closely, uh, I know people who uh, who work and live in the in in the Ukraine. Uh, happily, they're out of, out of the market. But what I see happening is, and that was actually quite surprisingly, when I saw the president in his army clothes, in the front line, not leaving his team. He was in the forefront. He was leading uh, and actually managing the organization. And there's two different things. Leading is when everything goes fine. You can let it go and get people to, to take ownership. But he's actually doing that really well. And it's actually a great example of how he's trying to drive the experience across his markets uh, to get them to go for one single purpose, uh, the meaning in life, the meaning of their uh, country, but it also can be reflected towards organizations.
1: Yeah, because Rahim, again, you talk customer experience, you talk employee experience, you talk citizen experience.
3: So Exactly. So
1: I saw a
0: comments coming in from... Uh, I'm doing it on my phone, guys, so apologies, but my laptop is still dead. No, we've got Ricardo
1: um, who said completely agree. Lead by doing is critical. Lead by doing is critical, and, and we have Sebastian. Sebastian, Also, when organizations use performance reviews against employees and try to
0: fake managers' feedback, absolutely, absolutely. So, Sebastian, can you can you uh, 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 unmute and join the conversation for a second? But I'm really curious about your comment.
3: Uh, well, um, uh, I I have been. Uh, um, listening to what uh, colleagues in other organizations are facing and and uh, and uh, it came to my attention that that uh, the the manager of the one uh, that was going to be expelled from the company was asked to, to, to change their performance review to say that uh, he performed very very bad and and it, it, they needed to, to find uh, a, a reason to, to expel him because the company is not uh, doing well enough. So I, I mean I don't even know if I want to do any any further performance review uh, at this stage you know because uh, I can imagine.
0: What, what well, did... maybe maybe something also to think about. I think in one of the earlier podcasts we did last year, I was mentioning about at the time I was, I was leading in a, in a more international team. And when your team gets bigger, you have less time for performance reviews. So what we did at that time, and I think it's the forefront of employee experience, but I think this is also the direction we as leaders should be taking, is instead of we reviewing our people, we let them review the work they have done over the past year based on their OKRs and let them tell us where they need improvement training and support. Let them tell us how they feel they have um, achieved their targets and give us the proof points because it's not about uh, us leaders telling people you did well or you didn't do well. Uh, of course, we, none of us did well if we didn't hit the target, the overall company organization target. But I feel that uh, for me, it actually works. Uh, if you're leading over two, 300 people um, and they come back with their performance review and they tell you what they need for next year and why they deserve the higher amount of the, 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 uh, the, the uh, salary increase versus others. It's not about talking about others, but talking about themselves then you will get the new dynamic because you give the control to the employee. And I think this is also part of shaping the new future of employee experience. Give the power to the employee. Of course, we have our organizational targets or our OPRs. We want to achieve a certain uh, 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 goal, but it's more importantly that people, your people, uh, your teams are understanding how they have contributed to hit that number. And that's a different way of performance review. Not the boss telling the employee you did a shitty job, but the employee telling the boss this is what I need to be more successful, this is what was lacking, and I couldn't do this because of XYZ. And there's always a discussion, of course, eh? there's always a different mindset. But from a coaching perspective, and if you are a real good leader, if you want to be a real good leader, that's a really good way to really understand what's happening with your people. And then a performance review can be fun, it can be dynamic. So that may be the idea to put forward.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, there there has been so many years uh, of of the talk of, of leadership and to promote leadership and to uh, to to train leadership and so on. And and uh, in uh, you see that that in some organizations still you you find bosses. Bosses that you that 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 shout that have uh, uh, authoritarian attacks and, and that is not that is not twenty first century and and, and and I told my friend listen you, you don't need to go through that anymore that that is not that is not acceptable nowadays it is not it
0: is not I think that's also a choice that uh, your friend needs to make in, in respect to is this the right company for me uh, and should I leave it comes back basically to the initial discussion what is your it guy.
1: Rahim, when I built my uh, digital agency a couple of years ago, um, so what we did is we agreed me and the two other partners is um, onboarding of new employees is something which is extremely important for us. And the onboarding starts from the minute somebody approaches us uh, asking us if we have an opening in the organization all the way to us reaching back or reaching to a, to an employee and telling him, hey, we have this position, would you be interested in joining? So the, the, it, literally we planned it as if you plan a regular campaign, you know, the whole user journey out of it. Mm-hmm. So the email, the content of the email, what exactly do we put there? How do we explain to them who we are as an organization? So we shot a video where the employees in the, in the company, you know, That's it's great. like, hey, This is who we are, and this is what we do. Hey, this is what I work. And then what we did is for the specific position, let's say we are hiring for, let's say, a social media executive. We shot a video with one of the social media executives in the company explaining to the person we want to interview, telling him about what's the day in his life so that he gets to know more what the job is. So this is at the start of it. Let's say that person accepted the offer. From the minute he accepts the offer, we send him a kind, of a, a, a kind of a list. Okay, now that you've accepted the offer, the next steps are one, two, three. And each one of them is led by whom? With their email and their mobile number. When that person joined the organization, we asked them to download an app and, uh, we, where they will have a username and a password. And that app will be able to give them the full induction they need. Be it about their medical insurance, be it about their holiday days, be it about this. And this is extremely important. You see, yeah. you gotta make you gotta make your customer, uh, uh, you, you gotta make your employee hooked to you. Just like they're hooked to Netflix, they're hooked to Spotify, so on and okay. so forth. You wanna make them hooked to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like, I, like the, I like the concept of being hooked to Spotify and getting the, the, the experience because you see also a lot of organizations slowly going towards that direction. It's actually interesting to see that actually, if I look at the one of the conclusions we can take is that organizations have massive marketing departments, they have ma- mass, massive sales departments, they have massive customer experience departments, all that stuff happening. But why are we not always applying all of that and using that knowledge to help our people be more successful. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I
1: told you in my previous agency, yeah, what we did is we went to each one of our clients and we told them, listen, we are serving you. Yes, we're getting paid for this, but what mm-hmm. you care about is a stronger partnership with you guys. So in order for us to keep maintaining your business very well, we need to keep maintaining our employees. So." can you for instance uh, let's say let's say one of the clients is a gym we told them do you mind giving us a discount for our employees to be enrolled in your gym another one let's say it's a health uh, it's a it's a diet center do you mind giving a discount for our employees if they want to enroll in your and we started creating a kind of a loyalty program for our employees. Yeah. again treat your employee as if it's actually a customer This is a good one,
0: good one. So uh, looking at the time, we're gonna conclude this session. Um, I'm gonna ask around for the people, if you have any questions, this is your uh, one minute of fame. Does anyone wants to jump up for the final question?
2: Yeah, uh, Rahim, I have a question here. So how do compensations and benefits uh, matter uh, for an organization in terms of the employee experience? Uh, it may be a simple question but there's a lot to it so uh, the compensation and benefits right even if the organization does everything uh, show empathy and if they're not doing the uh, compensation well then that would still be a concern so how would that matter for an organization and i would like to understand that from the leadership perspective
0: good one do you want to take it should i
2: yes uh, i want
1: to give my perspective to it so let me tell you one thing look um If a company, if you know that a company, a certain company is making money, um, and this company is actually not using the money in order to enhance the workplace, in order to enhance the products and services, where you can actually feel it and sense it, uh, I would understand why you would be bothered by you not being getting compensated. Because at the end of the day, you as an employee, you're ready to forego uh being compensated financially if you know that this money is going towards something that at least it might not come into your pocket but it's going to make your day uh, in the company while working much easier much fun much calmer so on and so forth so let's say the company is not giving you the compensation but the company guess what um On a weekly basis, you get two hours of free massage in the company. While you're working, there's somebody who comes and does massage for you. And it's happening here in the UE. I know a company that does that. While you're sitting on the desk, there's somebody who comes and does for you massage. All right. For you, you'd like, you know what? They actually take good care of us. You know, they give us massage. They're giving me food in the canteen, which is awesome. And so on and so forth. All of that, you you, you are ready to forego of it. Okay. Uh, uh, however, when you are when you are going to work and it's the same thing like any other company and you're working very long hours and you're delivering your objectives and you're not being compensated. Yeah, here I would say I, I, I would I would personally I would find it hard for me to being able to understand why I'm not being compensated. And most probably it will lead to me considering another job.
0: So maybe I'm going to add to that one because um, uh, I have a strong belief that compensation is more than just the money you get on your bank accounts.
3: People yeah, don't yeah. stay
0: within the organization because they get paid. I'm going to give you a simple example. Um, when you move to a company, they give you a massive pay, beautiful. If they don't take care of you, if you don't have the right leader who is, who's helping you learn, grow, evolve, uh, who lacks the empathy, you will leave the organization. 80% of the people who leave organization don't leave the organization because they have a bad pay. Because they don't leave the organization manager. because the organization is, is bad. They leave the organization because the, the manager is a, a, a big ass. Yeah? <laughs> they don't resonate yeah. with them. They don't have any connection with them. Um, and that's the moment you leave. I had teams from customer service agents up till uh, really highly educated tech, uh, tech guys. Uh, this pay, the, the, the pay within my team was ridiculously diverse. I had people who didn't get got paid a lot when I took over those teams. I had people who earned a lot, um, who may not even be worth it. Uh, so we looked at how can we how can we get to a point that people get an, an, a good pay for the work they're doing, and not a pay based on um, your juniority of your person or your bad negotiation when you get in—it's uh, people who have, hmm. the, have the biggest mouth. I'm so, sorry, I'm standing outside <laughs> to get the best internet connection. but There's a train coming by. So people, um, uh, the, the people in my team—I had people who were doing twenty times as much as others. Were more proactive, have not a really good education, but they were punching it. They were motivated. They were going for it, and they earned a quarter of a a person who was educated. The person who was educated didn't deliver. So as an organization, you really need to rethink, is education everything to give people a compensation? And the second part is looking at compensation, is compensation pure the monetary value? I've taken jobs uh, because I aspire the organization, because I like the leadership team which were a lot lower paid than they actually should have given me. But I did that because it was a dynamic and it was a journey and an adventure where I wanted to jump on. And I was highly motivated. Uh, the pay came later when I said, okay, I'm going to leave the company because I'm getting a better pay. So at that time, they were able to pay me, but I had to prove myself first. Uh, yeah. So it's compensation for me is not just the financial compensation. It's the... Total picture you're offering to
1: your employee. Absolutely right, Raheem. I mean, uh, I was working in Virgin Mobile and I moved to Red Bull. When I moved to Red Bull, I actually went for a much lower pay than where I was in Virgin Mobile. But why did I go there? It's because they sold me the purpose of them. Because I saw the added value that I would get out of it versus just going after the money. And there's something yeah. which I always tell people, there is this balance, yeah? You will either get paid a lot, but you're actually hating your life in the company. It could be you are loving what you are doing, but you are getting paid so low. The ideal place is when you have a perfect balance between those. You're getting paid okay. It's not amazing, but you're okay. You're living uh, and, and, and you're, you're, quite, you're quite happy. You're not bothered. And this is where it's extremely important.
2: Yep. Thank you, Hussein. I think
3: uh, I got my an answer.
0: Anyone else has a question? Well, if no one else has a question, uh, I'm going to conclude this session. Hussein, uh, amazing, as always. Thank uh, you, brother. Hussein is my brother from my other mother. You can see we're both bold. we're both handsome. At least we hope we think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke, guys. I really appreciate that you guys have joined us. Uh, If you guys have any questions or you want to learn more, um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or connect with Hussein on LinkedIn. We're happy to help you guys out. Uh, We're here to co-create and to elevate. So just let me know if we can. guys out. If you're interested in learning more about our community, just check our website, www.dushanassociates.com. I'm going to wish you guys a lovely weekend. Get some adventures out. Start doing some adventures. Do something you've never done before and come back on Monday with a fresh mind. Enjoy your day, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Raheem. Take care, everyone.